Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Premier Football Podcast on PFP Media. As always, I'm your host, joined by my good friend Joe Doherty. Joe, how are you getting on this Monday morning? It's a very happy Monday morning, Rafe. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Before we get into the football, I know we like to start with a funny story. So I've got one for you here. It's not to do with my personal life, but it's uh, got something to do with uh, football Twitter, uh, a place that I find myself spending more and more of my, my time. Um, <laughs> you're aware of the former Manchester United and, and current Leon player uh, Memphis Depay, are you? I'm not sure if you've heard this story. I, I am very much aware of Memphis Depay, yeah. So but I haven't heard this story. Last last week, he trademarked um, his forename, Memphis. He, he, he trademarked it or, or copyrighted it um, so that it, it now belongs to him. So any Twitter account that was um, p- tweeting the word Memphis automatically had their account suspended. <laughs> Bear in mind that Memphis is the capital city of Tennessee. It, it, it appears in many popular songs there, except it's, all, it's also a, a name uh, that, that can be given to people. But yeah, anybody tweeting the word Memphis over the weekend <laughs> had their account instantly banned by Twitter. <laughs> I think that's a really productive use of his time and money. <laughs> to trade to trademark his own name not just the username but the name is that correct like it's, it's not just the no 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 the, the it's username, not the memphis memphis. no no it's, it's just the, the word memphis wow so if you That's... put up a tweet saying it's a sunny day in memphis you would have your account instantly suspended that 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 is quite something <laughs> i'm just wondering do you plan on trademarking the name joseph at all at, at any stage no, no, I don't, Rafe. It's far too common a name to be to be trademarking. Just like Memphis is far too common a name to be to, to be trademarking. I certainly understand, like you know, trademarking for his brand. But in terms of Twitter, I suppose he wants to be the only. Like, if someone searches for Memphis, uh, that, I think that's I think the there only... may have been a some sort of bug on on the. I think them on the app that it it was registered as a trademark and it it didn't pick up any other context that it was being used (laughs) i'm reading i'm reading it was a bug yeah (laughs) there were several several troll twitter accounts posting pictures of of his amsm lion tattoo on his back being like can you name the footballer and then in the replies there would literally just be hundreds (laughs) of unavailable tweets because all of the accounts had been banned it was man it was ruthless stuff over the weekend that's that's hilarious actually and i haven't been spending enough time on football twitter i know know uh, there's no such thing as enough time on football twitter there's only too much time you know it's not a productive use of of people's time it's 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 really not i know because i used to spend a lot of my time on football twitter and um much more productive now that I don't. <laughs> well, look, on, on, to, on to football real life. Um, obviously, the game of the weekend, the North London Derby, Joe, uh, the big news before the game was Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was dropped to the bench for disciplinary reasons. Uh, speculation mm. that it could be to do with breaking lockdown protocol to get a tattoo or, or potentially that he was late to the game. Um, it didn't matter in the end, though. Arsenal ran a comfortable 3-1 winners after a potential goal of the season from Amer- from um Eric Lamela before he was untimely sent off, um, having only come on as a as a substitute. This game seemed to have it all, Joe. Do you want to do you want to tell me a bit more about it? It was uh, I, the, the 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 best <laughs> description I think was summed up by the Guardian's um, features writer Barney Ronnie, who is just absolutely wonderful. He's 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 often on Football Weekly, which is obviously one of our our favorite, if not our favorite. Um, uh, football podcast and his his headline was Mourinho's plan of sitting deep and winning with Rabona comes unstuck 
And that literally sums up the, the performance perfectly. I mean, Spurs Spurs arrived seven points ahead of Arsenal. If they'd win, if they'd have won, they would have been joint um, joint fourth with Chelsea with a game in hand, and they would have been ten points ahead of Arsenal. And they 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 started with a front four of Hurricane, Gareth Bale on the right, Son on the left, and Lucas Mora in. In, in behind, not so much playing as a number 10, but playing as a second yeah, striker. This, this front four you know, that we've been talking up for the last two weeks. Yeah, and and I, I remember a few weeks ago saying that they wouldn't come and play with these front four in the in the North London Derby, but they did. However, they played exactly how I said they would they would play. It was a pathetic performance from Spurs. They only turned it on after Lamella had been um, sent off, and, and, and at that point, Arsenal decided that they were going to try to draw the game themselves, and Spurs perhaps should have, if it weren't for a very good header from headed block from Gabriel, they would have they would have equalised. But for the most part of the game, they were they were abject. I mean, it, they had, had one shot by the 60th minute, and that was Lamella's goal. Arsenal hit, hit the woodwork twice. Arsenal, like Lacazette, had so many easy chances that he was just slicing. There was there was one where where it was pulled back to him on the six yard box, and he sliced it, and it ended up going behind him. Like it went out towards the corner flag, but it ended up end, ending up behind where he had struck it from. It was just uh, he was he did not have his shooting boots on. I'm glad he took away the penalty, but he, he it, struck, it was a very... he struck another ball like that before he was clattered mm. um, to win the penalty. And that's, exactly, that, yeah. that's something that I want to talk to you about because I, look, when I saw it straight away, I thought that's a penalty. It's a, it's an incredibly clumsy tackle uh, from Davidson Sanchez. But how often do we see penalties awarded for follow-throughs on players who have managed to get their shot away? I mean, almost every game you watch, a striker gets clattered after he after he takes a shot on goal. It's not the kind of thing that we often see given. Man, what happens if you're picking up the ball in the centre midfield and you spray pass wide left? Anywhere And then I the come pitch. in and take you out. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 an easy decision for me. That was a hundred percent a penalty. And the the this the crew that Sky Sports had in the studio was the most pathetic bunch I have ever <laughs> seen in in in, in on, on a panel. It was awful punditry, a gutter stuff. They they are the leading uh, football network in the world. I know that they don't just do football, but their football is the is is the best. It's the creme de la creme, and they had Jamie Redknapp. Michael Dawson and Freddie Lundberg on. And I thought Freddie Lundberg was pathetic. He just joined the crowd and said exactly what the other two were saying. And he showed, he, he showed a real lack of character and a lack of convictions to just go along with what the other, with what the Spurs guys were saying. And they were talking some amount of rubbish as well, because that was the, one of the most clear cut penalties and clear cut red card decisions. I think you're ever likely to see. And Lundberg was saying that if he was a winger, he would go in and challenge like, no, you wouldn't. You don't go in and challenge with your arm up like that and, and push it into someone's face because you're liable to get a red card, not just a yellow. I don't think it was a red card. I, I, I think it was a, ye- a second yellow, but you're, you are putting yourself at risk to get sent off when you put your arm in someone's face. Yeah, and, and with the card, like you said, he had been asking for a second yellow card all day oh. or for a first yellow card. So He'd been begging for it. He was, yeah. he, he was, he was asking, he really was. Yeah. I don't think there would, there'd be too many people. Like, it, it's always very difficult to dispute two yellow cards because, I mean, they don't have to necessarily be major offences. I think Harry Kane was lucky to get away with, with something similar. Um, he was, and again, it's just... Yeah, and it's not talked about. Much of the day didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it in the Sky Sports studio. I mean, we're talking about it now, but... 
I just think that every time Harry Kane is involved in, this is a fact as well, every time he is involved, it's the same with him backing in to defenders. It just goes unsaid. No one mentions it in mainstream media. Go back to the initial question though of the penalty. Do you, like, I, I, when I saw it, I thought penalty straight away. But do you think we should see more penalties for fouls inside the box? Last week in the Champions League, I think we saw PSG win a penalty against Barcelona for an accidental trip on the edge of the box, similar to the Louise one, you know. Are we getting to the stage now where anything that can be considered a foul in the box has to be given as a penalty, even if it's not the kind of thing we would have traditionally seen given as a penalty? That's a, that, that's a, that's a good question. Um, because VAR I mean, has become the, very matter of fact. Yeah, well, the thing is that the referee gave a penalty anyway. Um, VAR d- a- agreed, but the referee gave a gave a penalty anyway. Um, I mean, this was clear cut. He clattered him. There was he this did. wasn't a, a this wasn't a small trip or a, you know a, no, a tiny I, look, bit of Joe, contact I'm, I'm or sure. a questionable contact. He bars him over. I'm, I'm he sure mistimed his. I mean, I thought he was quite. I thought he was quite lucky to stay on the pitch. He was last man. I know that Lacazette wasn't. In, in a years gone by, he could, before the rules changed, if you're last man and you commit a foul like that, you're off. I know that Lacazette it was no longer in a goal scoring opportunity because he'd he, yeah. he'd, he'd missed misconnected with the with, with the ball, but. It was a he high just took tackle. Him out. The studs were up. It, like, it, it, it was, was nasty. It was, it, I, I, I wonder what Jamie Redknapp would have been saying if that had been David Luiz going into Harry Kane in the box. I'm sure that every team has one of those this season where they say, oh, well, you know, if that's a penalty, then this should have been as well. I mean, my, my mind goes back to Sadio Mane getting, getting clattered against Burnley um, after, after he skied one over the bar. I think a slide tackle came in from... Um, Loden and, and and cleared him out. Took it. Took his ankles out from underneath him. And at the time, you go, Ah, well, look, you don't you don't tend to get those. You know, it's it's one of those ones that the referees just don't give. It's a free anywhere else on the pitch. But do you think that the, the way the game is going, these things are becoming that that we'll see more penalties given for this kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. And we've we've seen similar situations with the handball law of course which which has been changed again a little bit recently but they are getting much more strict with these um misdemeanors in the penalty area okay what what does this mean now for arsenal because arsenal are two points off liverpool something i did not think that we would be saying at christmas when arsenal were hovering above the drop zone and liverpool were sitting Mm. on, on top of the table this must be one of the one of the biggest swings in terms of two teams at, at either end of the table coming coming close together. If Liverpool are still in contention for the, the top four places, which most Liverpool fans will tell you they are, are Arsenal still in contention? I, I mean, Arsenal have an outside chance. They, they they have a lot to do. There's there's definitely there's been a lot of progress since um, since the win against Chelsea, but it, it's been stalled progress because of individual errors. And Arsenal haven't picked up nearly as many points as they as, as as they should have done, and that's their own fault because those individual errors are are, are really poor and, and, and very costly. Um, I think I think that the most important thing for Arsenal is to keep on putting in performances. And if I'm honest, I would be wanting to focus primarily on the Europa League. I think you're getting to the stage of the season where games are coming, you know, thick and fast. Uh, you're you're having to decide which competition to prioritise. I think Liverpool will be in a similar situation uh, with the Champions League, given that they have a thin squad. And I think, I think that Liverpool will prioritise the Champions League. If Liverpool don't pick up three points tonight against Wolves, I think that will certainly mm. be the case. I think we saw them prioritising the, the fixture last week against um, against Fulham. We, we saw them put out a, a change team. And 
I'd, I'd imagine they'll put out a, a full strength team tonight. Obviously, knowing that the international break is coming up, but on, on yeah. the on the backside of that, if they do go down today, um, it, it'll be all about the, the European competition. Who's left in the Europa League? Um, obviously, Manchester mm. United are playing AC Milan. One of those teams is going out. Steven Gerrard's Rangers yeah. are, are looking very good. Arsenal are still there. Who, who else would, would yeah. fancy themselves at winning it? Obviously, Spurs would. Jose Mourinho would always fancy himself in a European competition. Uh, Unai Emery's Villarreal have one foot in the the quarterfinals as well. Um, I think you're looking at. I, I think you're looking at at least one English team in the final. And I, I to be English honest, back on English. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if, if Arsenal get to play. I, I do you know what? I fancy Arsenal to play to beat either Spurs or United. I know United are second in the league, but I, I, I've seen nothing when United and Arsenal have played in the past five years to suggest that. Our, and I think the results stack up in Arsenal's favour in that time period as well, certainly in the last three years. And the same with, with Spurs. I saw nothing yesterday to, just, to suggest that Spurs would beat Arsenal in, the, in a one-off game. We don't talk a lot about Scottish football on this show, mm. but Stephen Gerrard has obviously won the won the Scottish Premier League um, with with That's... Rangers. They've gone undefeated for the season. Um, they're, they've yeah. they've got yeah. an incredible defensive record. Uh, how comparable is is that kind of form? You know, how, how easy is it to judge them and, and compare them to teams in England? Well, I think that what really stands out is their form in the Europa League because they don't have the same sort of budget as um, a lot of the other teams who are at this stage in the in the Europa League. Certainly in terms of AC Milan, the three English clubs and Villarreal, they, they don't have the same sort of budget at all. Even even the likes of Olympiacos, they would have their much more established club than, than Rangers. You know, what they're doing in Scotland is great, but the Scottish League is very poor. Celtic's time is up. Celtic are, they've had a very bad season, so... If Rangers, the way that Rangers have capitalized this season is extremely impressive, but and perhaps you wouldn't have expected them to be quite so far ahead. But as Celtic are slipping away, you would really expect Rangers because they've been on the ascent to overtake them. So that doesn't surprise me. It maybe surprises me that they're so far ahead in the SPL, but uh, yeah, it's their form in the Europa League because I mean, Celtic haven't done anything in Europe for years. You know, they're barely getting out of the group stages when they're in the, the Europa League. Certainly never getting out night, of the group stages in the Champions League. That big night mm. against Barcelona, but that was what, seven yeah. or eight years ago at this stage now, if, if not longer. Yeah, it was a long time ago now. Um, I mean, the last time I remember them getting out of the group in the Champions League would be when they did they play Liverpool one season? Not for. I mean, a very this would be going time. back years, like two thousand and four or something like that, when when Martin O'Neill was manager. They had that Henrik Henrik Larson was playing up front with Chris Sutton or John Hartson, and they were pretty good. That was, but yeah, no, this is even the the UEFA Cup. Was that maybe even the UEFA Cup? Right, that, yeah, that is a long time ago. But I mean, you know, th- this is probably the this is the best Scottish team that we've seen in a very long time. Yes, but you don't think because of the good, European, you, you don't think they'll make the Europa League final. No, I don't. I don't because uh, to make the Europa League final, they'll have to beat one of um, Manchester United, Arsenal, or Spurs, and they well, there's, won't. There's no guarantee that Manchester United get past AC Milan at the there's moment. There's not. It's I, I was obviously, yeah, I was obviously very pleasantly surprised, as I'm sure you were as well, <laughs> to see that result. Uh, not that we have any great affinity towards AC Milan, but I, I certainly don't. I've never, never liked them as a club. No, but um, it'd be great to see United go out, obviously. Okay, well, look, back back to England, back to the Premier League. Um, 
it was a weekend where lots of teams up the top seemed to be dropping points for the second weekend in a row. Um, mm. Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, Spurs from 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th all dropped points over the weekend. Um, Everton lose again for the second week in a row. Um, after after we were talking up Carlo Ancelotti as a as a Premier League winning manager, and you know this yeah, experience but, he has, if, if I I can't believe it, like if if Arsenal, Liverpool, and Spurs hadn't been so, especially Arsenal, Liverpool hadn't been so poor, you know, so poor runs of so such bad runs like the two worst runs this season apart from Sheffield United have been from Arsenal in the first half of the season in Liverpool uh, just just recently in the middle half or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah exactly exactly the post Christmas the new year blues whatever it is Mm. you know is what Everton are doing that fantastic I I think probably not Um, I I don't know West I think what West Ham is doing is much more is much more uh, commendable for, for for sure, that's a that's that's some real success. Everton, Everton spend a lot of money. Everton have spent a lot of money for a long time. They have an extremely competent manager. Uh, they have a pretty good squad. Uh, Everton were two 0 down at home against Burnley within twenty five minutes. And I know I know the home thing doesn't make a whole lot of difference. And they, they did make a few changes. Iwobi started. Tom Davies started. Andre Gomez started. Holgate started at right back. Godfrey started as, as a central defender. Like it, there, there were changes made to that team, and is that is that the thing with Everton? The squad just isn't big enough to to deal with playing a couple of games a week. I think that squad should be big enough. I mean, all the players you've named who've come come in, uh, they're all experienced in the Premier League, and you you have to be able to rotate. You have to be able to trust your. Your, your your squad to ro- to rotate. I mean, some of the players that you mentioned there came for in for a lot of money. Certainly, in the case of Alex Iwobi, who was upwards of thirty million pounds. Um, Mason Holgate, he's homegrown though, isn't he? Ben Godfrey came from Norwich for twenty million pounds, very highly rated defender. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I yeah, I, I I I think there's a case to be made that that's uh, you know rotation can be difficult because you're you're bringing in players who. I haven't been playing as as much, and maybe I, I don't have the confidence because of that. But, but at the same time, it's not. It doesn't excuse down the being two nil be, being two nil down against Burnley after twenty five minutes. Yeah, sorry, sorry for cutting you off there. Down, yeah, no, no, go down, down the bottom, that boosts Burnley up to fifteenth. It, it puts four points between mm. them and Brighton. Brighton do have a game in hand, as do Newcastle, who are two points, um, or sorry, one one point off Brighton as well. Is that Bernie thirty three points? What what will they need mm. to stay up this year? Fulham are currently on twenty six points after twenty nine games. Yeah, I'm just looking now. If Fulham can get 12, 12 more points, that would be four wins or three wins and four draws in nine games, losing just twice. I don't know if I fancy that them to get to the yeah. Okay, so l- but then they can they can. I, I, I think it's a low. T- yeah, I think it's a low total to stay. Burnley up this year. Burnley are seven points clear of the drop now with two teams between them and Fulham. Are they safe? Not yet. I think I I, I it's probably enough because if Burnley, I mean, are Southampton in the relegation battle? I, you'd probably have to say that they are. They've lost four of their last five, and they're on thirty-three they're points l- l- as well. On points with Burnley, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Bri- 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 that was a huge win for Burnley. Massive, absolutely massive, massive. But they need, they, yeah, absolutely massive. But they need more, and Sean Dyche will know that. Like, I, yeah, no, I think you're looking at. What do you mean they? they need, oh, and they still need a couple of points. Of points. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not over yet. Like they can't, they can't take. They have nine games left. Man, they probably need need. I mean, how many points do you think Newcastle will get in their remaining ten games? Six. <laughs> I'd say they'd be nine. doing well. Um, <laughs> do you think they'll get nine points from ten games? Seven, maybe seven or eight. Do you think they'll win? They'll again? win a couple, man. They'll, they'll, they will. They they do tend to win a couple. You know, they'll keep a clean sheet in one game and, and nick a nick a header in the last minute or something. You know. I think Newcastle will go down. I I think they might go down as well. To be honest, I think, I think they're going to go down more than them. I yeah, no. Looking at it, I think I think Fulham will will win at least three of their remaining nine games. I think Fulham will win at least three, and that's nine points. And I think they'll. They're not going to lose, you know, six. Maybe they'll lose four. I think they'll get a couple of draws as well. So you're looking at, what, 10 points to take them to 36. And that would be Newcastle needing to get eight. They play each other on the last day as well. Yeah, it's a huge game. Yeah. To go, to go back to, Bur- to Burnley for just a second. I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. not trying to, I'm not trying to slag you here, but I, I think they were one of the three teams that, that you named as one of the wor- one of the worst three Premier League teams in the history of the competition or something at the start mm. of the season. And isn't that just testament to Sean Dyche again, being able to steer this team somehow to safety? Yeah, I suppose that it is. I suppose that it is because that's a really poor squad with no investment over a significant period of time <laughs> for years. Uh, and allowing, allowing their better players to leave for free. Uh, Sounds very familiar in terms of Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, um, yeah, very, very, very good job that he's done there. To be fair, I mean, I don't think he's an amazing manager. I don't, and I don't think he'd, he'd be. I, I, man, I think he's probably at his level, and that's not an insult. But I mean, there's a certain type of man to do a job like that, and he well, does it as, as well as we we've as we've seen anyone do it in the Premier League. He's he's not. I mean, we've we've seen it with um, Sam Allardyce going to. He's that type of manager. He's a Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis, did, Sean Dyche. Didn't, didn't Sam Allardyce have, have a top four finish once? No. No, he never had a top four finish. How high did he, he get with every, He never got in the top four. I think they probably finished sixth once and they might have got into the UEFA Cup. Um, he finished eighth with Everton after they'd been in the relegation zone. I mean, with, with Bolton, he really overachieved. He did very well. Then, then he had a, a, his spell at Blackburn. Uh, again, I, I think it was kind of just mid-table stuff. Then it was Newcastle, where it was, it was very bad. <laughs> uh, Sunderland, it was pretty, you know, just... A, after that, he's just been employed to keep teams up. Apart yeah. from England, where he was he's the most successful manager ever in terms of... With percentages, yeah. <laughs> I would throw David Moyes in with some of those managers, but I actually heard mm. last week that after his stint at United... He took some time off and went to Germany, and he actually went around a lot of training grounds in Germany and observed a lot of sessions over there. And he, he worked on his own coaching skills. He went and learned more about the game, and it's the kind of thing that we don't see a lot of managers doing, especially old school traditional managers. We don't we don't see them too keen to embrace a lot of mo- modern mm. philosophies. So, I mean. People will say that this is David Moyes and he's got West Ham. Yeah, they're solid and compact and they do the basics well. And, and of course they do. But I think there's a little bit more to it as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Because Man, this, this was people, a team what, like Burnley last year that were, that were floating around that drop zone. If you think about, I don't know, the, the modern corporate sector, there has never been a bigger emphasis on upskilling in your mid-career. I'm not just talking about MBAs, but I'm talking about like doing a, even the area that you're in, getting a specialized professional diploma in that. I mean, every university seems to have some sort of offering these days or online offering just to up to, to, to make it, to bring yourself up to speed with what's going on in, in, in the, in the industry and yeah, to, see, the, the, you know, to the, translate and, and st- two, two week long or, or weekend long, uh, you know, business it, course for, for example, yeah, for, for money a few, kind of thing. For a few grand, yeah. <laughs> it's to translate that into the football, into the football world. Like that's, you don't see, yeah, like you said, you don't, you don't see that too often. But that's obviously going on in the in the corporate world. I think I heard that as well, and that's very commendable for David Moyes. To, I mean, because he was at a very low point in his career, Rafe. Yeah, for sure. He, re- he really was. He was. I mean, he, really he was, was laughed at a management in Spain. Um, he was laughed yeah. at a management at Manchester United, and he took over that West Ham team. And just about, obviously, he came back to take over that West Ham team. Um, and and he's been revitalised this summer. But I mean, if mm. if they were to start poorly. This season, he would have been one of the first names facing facing the chop. Yeah, of course, and we had them to, to struggle. I think I had them to go down. I think I think before. we may ha- we we all backed him as one <laughs> one of the first to lose his job this season. So I mean, look, fair, fair play to him. Speaking of dinosaurs yeah. down the bottom of the table, Roy Hodgson, you know, he seems to have steered Crystal Palace to safety again. They move up onto thirty seven points after a good one 0 win over West Brom. Look, I'm thankful I didn't waste my Saturday afternoon watching that game. Apparently, Palace were, were good value for their win. And um, I've seen enough of West Brom. I don't want to watch them anymore. Yeah, we'll be, I, 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 I watched honest. them last week, man. I did it. I sat down and they were just painful. They were rubbish. Okay, not... yeah, well, man, you, 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 you watch them against Newcastle. That's even worse than watching them against Crystal Palace, <laughs> which is hard. That's, I think, Ray, I think that's the worst game of football you, that you could <laughs> possibly put yourself through in, in the Premier League this season. Okay, Honestly, let me see, if, let me see if I can find a more entertaining game to, to talk about. Uh, Leicester, good for a change. Yeah, they, they win 5 0. I mean, are they good or is it just Sheffield United? I mean, that's very impressive 5 0. Uh, Kelechi and Iheanacho scoring a hat trick, but he's, he's not really been in the goals for Leicester in, in the same way that he was for City. I remember that at one point when he was playing for City, he had the best goals to minutes ratio in the league over, when he was, when he was over his time sub. there. Yeah, exactly, exactly, when he was a super sub. Do you know what I um, remember about but, but, Nacho? What? In the 2018-19 season, in one of the final games of the season, uh, Leicester played against Manchester City, and he had an open goal uh, to deny City the league, and he uh, blazed it over the bar. And, uh, and yeah, the, the title stayed on Manchester, so I don't, I don't know if, I remember. Uh, yeah, if, if Pep slipped him a few quid before that game or, or whatever, but I've, I've still not forgiven him for it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'd be surprised if you if 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 you had done. Um, what were we on about Leicester? Yeah, I saw that after United won last night, uh, Goldbridge tweeted, "Okay, that's second confirmed now." And I just like to point out, in in contrast to that, that they're one point ahead of Leicester with nine games left. <laughs> so that's absolutely in no way second confirmed. Uh, I and I mean, think I think it's top four confirmed, Joe. No, they don't. And I mean, I think it's fair to say that that was a very uh, fortuitous win for Manchester United last night. I, 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 you, you probably watched the whole thing. Um, I, I only saw highlights of it. Yeah, no, I only saw highlights of it as well. <laughs> the, the goal, I, the goal I, I, was I, interesting, I, though. Yeah. 
I, I like I, if I, I, I only wa- I only really am able to watch two games a weekend, and I usually watch Arsenal and Spurs for two very different reasons because <laughs> they were playing this weekend. Uh, I, uh, you, you treated yourself to the second one. No, I treated myself to just watching one game. And... <laughs> 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 oh, man, I've, I've been praising Craig Dawson all season and I cannot believe that he bullet-headed um, one into his own goal yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Mustafi's own goal? I, th- I, th- I think I tagged you that. that I did Twitter. see Mustafi's own goal, yeah. <laughs> you have to wonder about some of these guys, man. You really do, you know? What's going through your head? Did you see his clearance in the first place? Yeah. It's an awful clearance. I, I, just... Honestly, I thought that was the video, that the first part. <laughs> Same with me. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks around like he's trying to blame the keeper. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've seen him do that kind of thing time in, time out for Arsenal before as far, well. Far too, far too many times. How Schalke thought that bringing him and Kalas in that chin was going to help them stay up in any, in any way, shape, or form is beyond me. Uh, no, sorry, I, I digress. We're, we're on United. Um, man, to their credit, they keep finding a way, don't they, in the league more often than not. They have drawn a couple recently, but still, it's they're, they're not really at the stage where they need to be winning every game to be guaranteed. Of, and what do they want this year? I, I'd imagine that you know the league is well beyond them. They probably want to finish second, but would it be the end of the world if they finished third? And I don't know. It, look, it, it's, it's it about the top four, the Europa League, and then potentially are they yeah. still in the FA Cup? Yeah, they are. Okay. Are they still in the FA Cup? They probably are. I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say they are. Right, look, the, yeah, last, we'll team, they are. the last team off the top we want to talk about is uh, is Chelsea, who slipped up again. Um, a, yeah. A, a nil-all result again. Um, with Le- When was the last time Leeds had a nil-all? I think that the only previous nil of with Leeds was their home fixture against Arsenal at Ellen Rose in the first half of the season. I mean, Chelsea need to be going and winning that game if they if they want top four, don't they? Hmm. Leeds are a bottom half. Yeah, of team. course they do. Leeds of course they do. I mean, that. this is. I I would have thought that Leeds would be the ideal team for Chelsea to play. Because Chelsea have such good players to play on the break in whatever formation that they choose to play. But that's not Tuchel's style of play, is it? No. He's a very very pragmatic, controlling type. How are they going to score goals, though? And this this has been the issue at Chelsea for a long time, is that nobody seems Mm. to know how they're going to attack and where the goals are going to come from. I mean, the most obvious answer for me seems to be to play Olivier Giroud through the middle and and kick balls at him because he's their best striker. But he's not a goal scorer. It's certainly not anymore for Arsenal. He kind of was, but for man, look at his statistics for Chelsea. I'm going to pull them up now. They're really nothing to be, nothing to be, um, you know, proud of. Uh, Just, just bear with me just a second. So this season so far, he has four and 14 in the league. Last year, it was eight in 18. The season before it was two in 27. And the first half season at Chelsea was three in 13. So that's a total of 17 goals in 72 games in the league. Let, let, let's look at this season for a second, four and 14. How, how does that compare with the likes of Tammy Abraham um, or, or, or Timo Werner? I, I don't know if you have... Good. You well, have Timo Werner has has five goals. Uh, in how many I know games? That. Yeah, I'm just going into their I'd imagine their it's more than 14. Now. Yeah, so Timo Werner has five in 24. Which, which is considerably worse. Yeah, Abraham has six in 18. 
which is probably the best which of is the a, three. It is the best of the three. I mean, this is an issue that, man, this goes back to, I want to say this goes back to when Diego, after Diego Costa, but even before Diego Costa, they had an issue where they had uh, Fernando Torres, Dembaba, and Samuel Eto'o, and neither of those three wanted to score goals. They all actively wanted to score single-digit <laughs> figures in the league, and they all succeeded in doing that. And I mean, when you translate it, when you when you when you say okay, three strikers all scoring, say eight goals, that adds up to twenty-four. But it, it, it's it's not like the same as having one striker who's scoring twenty-four goals, is it? No, it, it's really not because if you look at the combined it's, appearances, yeah. it, it it doesn't add up that way at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really it's 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 really not the same. What that means for Chelsea now is that West Ham can catch them by winning their next game and, and knock them out of the top four. And I mean, everybody's got tough games left. Uh, Chelsea have got nine mm. games left, and they're going to have to pick up more points than. Uh, West Ham, they're going to have to pick up more points than Everton, who who could only be two behind them if they win their game in hand. They're same with Spurs, and, and again, Liverpool are only two points behind that. Um, if Aston Villa win their games in hand, they're potentially only four points off Chelsea as well, which is probably too much to ask. But there are three or four teams all breathing down their neck, and I mean, we we thought after the Liverpool game that that looked like Chelsea home and hosed. But things are changing. So, man, this, this season, I, I know that I've, I've given out about some of the quality, but I mean, this it's kept us, it's kept us interested. Yeah, Rafe, I think I think it's been the best season in in a long, long time, and 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 I really mean that. And to do it without fans is quite something. But perhaps it's been has it been the best season in a long time for a, for the for the for the wrong reasons. I mean, all credit to the likes of West Ham and you know Villa, although. Villa have fallen off and Villa will continue to fall off. I remember a few weeks ago you asked me where I expected Villa to go from here and I said down the table and I I firmly (laughs) believe that. I don't think they're anything special at all. Um, They have a couple of good players, but they're not that great a team. But I mean, it's down to the big teams being inconsistent. It really is. That is the reason why you have... I mean, all credit to... I think Leicester, Leicester is the most commendable of all of them because... With with continued smart investment over over big investment, they they're they're maintaining the levels that they were at this time last year. It's just all about them seeing that home, and I, I hope for their sake that they do because they deserve it over the the last couple of years to finish in the in the top four places. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, and I agree for Leicester that that would be great for them because I have nothing against them as a club. But while my club are, are breathing down their neck, trying, trying to take that place away from them, I'm definitely not gonna gonna be wishing that that, that they well, hang on to it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much breathing down the neck 13, 13 <laughs> points is, right? <laughs> there is. A, we, we can we can reduce that to ten to ten yeah. this evening. Oh man, ten in nine games oh. is, a, is a tough ask. I have to say. Yes, I have to say, it is. Uh, I, I mean, this is Brendan Rodgers, though, who is an expert in finishing finishing seasons uh, poorly. So <laughs> <laughs> there could be a, a pleasant surprise oh, yeah, they, for you they, if, they, if they they you're going to start against Manchester City in 2013 14, didn't they? So, yeah, seven and three games, I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Mad. Um, I don't know if you heard, man, I was reading this morning um, that while. PSG were playing yesterday. Two of the players' houses were robbed. It was something that happened mm. to 
um, Olsen, uh, the Everton goalkeeper a couple of weeks ago, was held at Machete Point. And I think Di Maria's family were, were um, held to ransom yesterday as well during... And, Mar- and Marquinhos as well. Marquinhos yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. Di Maria was substituted during the game and, and went straight to the instant. It, like, it mu- Obviously, these guys are, are public figures and uh, they earn a, a lot of money, but is it becoming increasingly difficult for footballers to, to live as part of the regular world, you know? Yeah, of course it is. Man, look at what happened to Ozil and Kolasinac and their wives last year being mugged at Machete Point in, in the street. Like it's is bad, but the, the, you you wonder why 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 it is? Is it because of the, the the relationship between footballers and the real world, and that they're still considered part of it, and that because there's a very close relationship with fans and clubs, that there has to be some sort of relationship between players and and clubs. But this is very dangerous when you consider the amount of wealth and how society will always be some parts of society will always be towards people with extreme wealth i don't know if you read it this is a little bit less of a harrowing story it's actually quite amusing but in milan there is a a group of burglars who were arrested and what they what they did was that they scaled luxury apartment they they scaled like literally climbed up luxury apartment buildings with like suction cups let themselves into yeah i don't know how they did it man but yeah the article i read was brilliant um it sounded like something out of oceans 11 or something like that and they they basically had been robbing certainly ashraf hakimi you know him he's a right back i think he plays for one of the milan clubs inter Uh, i think it's inter yeah yeah and there was a couple of other well-known uh Fame, it wasn't just footballers, but famous people who have been robbed in this way. And they would stake out the apartments and they would literally climb up and take take things. That's not quite as bad. Like holding people at knife point and breaking in when, you know, while there are people in the house and you know, actively you know, causing violence or, dis- or distress um, is, is, is really, 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 really bad. But how do you, how do you stop that? That's a really, you know... That's a really difficult thing. Private security, or yeah. You know, well, look, I think uh, that it'll probably get to that stage with the money that lots of footballers have. It, it'll become mm. normal for them to put their house on on extra protection because the, the entire world knows when they're when they're playing and when they're not going to be there. So um, exactly, yeah. Pro- problems that we don't have to deal with, Joe. Uh, yes, thankfully, Rafe. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, look, that was a cheery way to, to, to end the show. Yeah, anyway. well, yeah it was. Well, I tried to be more cheery by bringing in that spot, that uh, Ocean's Eleven type type story because <laughs> I, I found that funny. Like, yeah. I just picturing people, lads climbing up really big <laughs> buildings. Not for me, man. To I, steal jewelry. Not for me. Not for me. But look, guys, for, th- th- thanks for joining the for listening to the show this week. Anyway, be, be sure to join us next week for more harrowing stories of kidnapping and, and ransom and, and, and nasty things like that. God, yeah. It's we, all we, happening. We might talk about we some might, football as well. Yeah, we might just turn it into a true crime podcast too. Who knows? <laughs> to be honest, there, there might be more of a market for a true crime, true crime podcast. If anybody out there <laughs> would prefer to listen to me and Joe once a week talk about, you know, true crime stories or maybe, you know, go, read the newspaper and give our opinions, we, 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 we might branch out beyond football because... We could, we, we could certainly branch out beyond football. We could certainly do current affairs. Um, we, I think we that, need that would money. be more interesting. So, I mean, if, if, yeah. anybody, if anybody out there wants to hear us 
talk shit about anything else. I mean, you know, where you, would, you would also hear us get much more heated as well. I can guarantee that because we do agree on a lot, but there are some things where we certainly don't agree, and we would certainly be pretty uh, firm in our own opinions. I think it's fair to say. Is that right, Rafe? Joe, I, I, maybe you. I don't. I, I, I take offense to that. <laughs> well, I take offense to you taking offense to that. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Look, anyway, guys, this this has been PFP. Um, we we digress. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> Look, thank, thank, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Cheers. Thanks, and goodbye.